everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. How's it going, Bren? I started a new TTRPG. I, it's like four now. I'm no way! Now. It's I, it's too many, but God, it's addicting. <laughs> Apparently. Are you DMing again? No, this one's different. It's a buddy of mine uh, who we actually were doing a D&D uh, campaign before, before the pandemic. And then, like, most of us fell off because everyone hated it doing it online. Um, and he's like, I want to do it again, but I'm not crazy about D&D. It's a little too mechanical for me. Like, it's just kind of unnecessarily complicated. So he found this one called Orbital Blues, which huh. is a, a more narrative-heavy. So D&D, you know, like everyone knows, it's got combat, you got, like, maps, you got grids, you got little tokens and stuff, and it's all mechanical. Like, I can move this many spaces on a turn and then do this, 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 you know. A lot of mechanical features to uh, TTRPG. Yeah. Orbital, Orbital Blues is very much more narrative of, like, you're building the story. It's all about the story. So it's pretty loose mechanics-wise. So it's, in theory, easy to learn, but there are some weird mechanics for it. Um, but it's effectively a sad cowboy in space game. I was going to say, is this Cowboy Bebop? Basically, yes. Uh, it's, you play characters there's like the you know space out or space frontier like you're playing as an outlaw that's you know you don't really have a choice in that um and then you build your story based on like how you got there this and that you get nicknames and then like you there's like 40 nicknames you could choose from so you pick which one you are of the crew like the face uh the arm you know the the money you know this guy the fixer the kid and all these different stuff and uh yeah it's kind of cool from what i could tell you you basically only use two dies, like two D6s or, you know, regular six-sided die. Yeah. And that kind of is, like, for most stuff. And, you know, you have limited, st- you have different stats and stuff, but they're very li- uh, minimal. So it's easier to follow. And it's it's really more about just t- collectively telling the story with the group of people you're playing with rather than, like, we're going to a treasure, we're fi- fighting a dragon, and we're killing God. Like, it's you know, it's not that big. It's more of, like... <laughs> the weird thing is, the sad part is built in. That's a mechanic. Um, and the out- being a space outlaw is, too? Yeah, so that's kind of just the world and setting, and, like, what your characters are. Um, so you just fit in with that. But a mechanic is, you have, like, health, like you would in any other game. But then you have blues, which are stuff you keep track of. <laughs> and anytime you encounter one of your blues or like the sad scenario from your backstory you've made up, or it gives you a bunch of examples and you just pick from some of those. Um, so like family issues or like work related issues or like vices, like if you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or this or that. Um, when you encounter one of them, uh, the DM starts playing or, you know, the game master starts playing music. We haven't we haven't done it yet with session zeros uh, tomorrow, so we're still figuring shit out. Okay, but from what I can tell, music is played throughout the whole session, and when one of your blues comes up, one of your sad things your character's sad about, one of your songs comes on. So it'll just like automatically the the game master will automatically play one of your songs, and that's kind of a hint to you of like it's your time to shine. Like let's get sad and mopey in your spotlight, and you have to roll to see if you can overcome the blues. And if you do, you get a point for your blues, which you can use for other things to do, like, certain abilities and skills. And if you don't roll high enough, you don't get a point. And you okay. kind of just... It's basically deciding, like, you're getting sad. Are you going to power through it and use that <laughs> power to, like, gain an advantage later on? Or are you going to get sad and you're going to succumb to that and have a depressive episode and do nothing? 
like for this period. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting that that's a built-in game mechanic of like, yes, it's it's not just thematically sad space cowboys; it's mechanically sad space cowboys too. Like, that's ridiculous. You're, you're going to be sad, so yeah, we're like making playlists and stuff for our own characters and uh, figuring out what what song's going to play when and stuff. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. It adds a whole new twist or something. Like I never would have thought of like I need to bring a playlist to my D and D session tonight. Yeah, so, so, like, for me DMing stuff, I just have, like, ambient city, like, fantasy city music or, like, noises for, like, when we're playing, and then I have combat. And that's pretty much it. But, yeah, some people have, like, specific curated playlists for their own characters, or a DM will be, like, really meticulous with the music that they're playing during a session. Okay, so you can't just, like, troll them super hard with, like, K-pop and just be like, yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know, like I said, we haven't played it, but, um, I... I I give leeway to the game master. I like picked out my playlist of much songs. And I gave it to him. I was like, you can pick and choose what does and doesn't fit thematically in this. So I okay, had, like, there we I go. I had like rise against in there. He's like, nah, this is kind of too like punk metal, like aggressive. Like we want more sadder stuff. So I'll take that one out. I was like, fair enough. Yeah. Um, that, I understand they're going for the sad space vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So there's definitely a, a theme and a style that they're going for. Like, hey, never gonna give you, find- you up. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's possible you can find some sad K-pop. I'm sure it's out there, but like, yeah, you can do a lot of stuff, and yeah, it's interesting to see, yeah, see both <laughs> a depressive nature being sad, and both the music being built into a tabletop RPG system and stuff. It's kind of neat, so I'm, I'm looking forward to playing that. But God, God help me, that's just another you know week. Yeah, like you need more TT RPGs <laughs> in your life. It's four now, so yeah. That is wild. No, that's a cool way to start this one off. That is, I like the interesting mechanics of it all. Like, I know I've been going off with all the different card games and stuff in MetaZoo. They have, like, this fourth wall mechanic where if you play certain tarot cards or whatever, like, it affects, like, like the beasties. So, that being oh, said, yeah. there's also, like, this, um, I think they have the next set coming out in October. It's called Nightfall. And a lot of those beasties are only able to be contracted in the month of October. So I'm like, man, this game is just so Uh, bizarre. So like, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. Super Halloween uh, themes uh, and people that are playing this game. If you're in the month of October, you can like have like a whole new deck or something. I don't know. Seems pretty exciting. But all right. This is more or less a video game podcast, though, not yeah. tabletop RPG yeah. stuff. I don't know. We've been uh, delving we into drift. that a lot recently. It's a game podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a game podcast. It's uh, We talk about games, right? Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, let's go around table. You know what I mean by that. Uh, back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. Uh, with the games we've been playing. Uh, Brent, how have you been playing anything new? I actually have a new game to talk about, but I didn't get to play it very much yet. Oh, okay. Um, I got some Isaac still, still just running through there because... I don't know. It's my Zen game. It's just if I don't need to think, it's good for multitasking. Uh, still playing Knockout City a bunch. Uh, not as much as my one mo- friend. My one friend's like the team captain, basically. Like, come on, guys, we gotta keep training. You guys getting the runs and stuff. And me and my other buddy, yeah, uh huh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll play as the group, but I don't think either me and my other friend will play by awesome. ourselves much. Yeah, that makes sense because you know it's just randos and stuff. And it's it's more fun when you have a team you can work with and fun friends to play with and stuff. Totally. Um, Still dipping in, but uh, but that's definitely winding now for me. Same with Pokemon Unite. I'm still playing it, but even the friends I played that with, I'm seeing like, oh, so-and-so was last online th- three days ago, and so-and-so was last online a week ago and stuff. Um, they're both still fun, but they're both still the same thing. Yeah. There, there hasn't been anything too new to really shake stuff up. Uh, 
Pokemon Unite for me will definitely be more interesting once there's a new map. Because I've said it before, the default uh, ranked matches and like regular casual matches and even some of the quick matches are all the same map. And then some there's the three maps for the quick matches. One of them is the same as all the other maps, and then two of them are different. So those are fun, but it's basically a different mode of play style altogether. It's a kind of a different game entirely, it feels like. Right. Uh, those quicker matches, because it's it's less like, oh, we gotta fight and defend our lane, and more of just get as many points as you can in, dunk as many points as you can in, and that's it. If you happen to fight the enemy team while you're doing that, sure. But like, it's really not, it's not worth your time to stall your team from gaining points by fighting the enemy team. Right. It's better to just run and gun and grab points where you can. So, uh, those are fun, but I think, yeah, once a new map comes out, that'll really change it up a bit and probably grab my interest more. Um, still fun. They added Blissey, which is the evolved form of Chansey recently. Um, big support character. Lotta, you know, does a little bit of damage, but mostly just healing and buffing the uh, team or ally team members. So, yeah, it's it's not a character you could really solo well with, but if you have an ally uh, working with you, in your lane or something really beneficial. Cause just a lot of heals. Nice. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Unites, it's, it's still fun, but like, yeah, it's, I think I'm hitting the wall of the pay to winners of like using their items. Um, that's right. Cause that it's still, it's still a free game. And that's still really the only pay to win element is the items people use. And sometimes it's hard to tell whether an item is doing it or whether the player's just better. Um, so for instance, one, uh, when you score points in the game, you have to go to an area, hold down a button and uh, you score your points. The more points you have, the longer it is to hold down the button and score it. So it gives the enemies, you know, the enemy team time to like run in and interrupt you from doing that. Yeah. One of the abilities is while you're scoring points, while you're holding down the button, you'll gain a shield. As long as that shield is still up, you can't be interrupted. But if they break through that shield, then you can be interrupted. Okay. I'm seeing that item be used a lot more. So that way people can just run in with however many points they have, dunk it, and you can't, unless your whole team is there, you can't really break through that shield fast enough. Right. So stuff like that is like, ah, that person's clearly using that item. And if it's maxed out, it's pretty much impossible to break through. So in regards to that, I think I'm kind of hitting a stall point. Um, because the items you can level up, you start at level 1 and you can go to level 20 to max them out. And at level 10, it gets like a boost. I got like all of my items to level 10, but now I'm running out of currency or resources to level them up beyond that. Like it, The increase in prices to upgrade them is a big, a big steep uh, incline right. to get them past level 10. So I think that's where the difference of like people who paid to upgrade those are really coming in clutch because they can go beyond level 10 into like the teens and you know, up to level 20. Where I see. Everyone, everyone else is playing for free or not paying for it is kind of stalling out around the 10 mark. Yeah. So, but like I said, some items are very clear that they're being used and some aren't. Some are just like boost, like you get more health or you get more damage and it's not super clear. So, it's not ruining the game by any means. I, I wouldn't say it's like, yeah, this guy's pay to win. Fuck this guy. He bought a costume. Yeah, but, but it more, gives like invisible advantages that you're unaware of at least i would it almost prefer it's like uh like some like oh that guy's got the power hat on it's like you know what i mean it's like very obvious they're using this item yeah i mean if they're wearing a cosmetic co- i got 
one free like cosmetic outfit for my uh, Venusaur. It just randomly gave it to me with like an up uh, with like a certain level I hit. Um, so I think everyone gets one free outfit. But yeah, if you see like a guy running around in a you know golden Mister Mime's like tuxedo, it's like yeah, that guy spent money on this game because all right. the all the cosmetic stuffs you have to pay for. But it's because they don't do anything. Um, I would be inter- I would be curious to see if there's a way you like I I think if you it, in the match if you go to the character profile you can see what items are using. But there's so much crap happening all the time. You would never waste time in a match doing that, right? So it'd be interesting if they had a way of indicating, like, oh, you can see the items the person's like wearing on their Pokemon, like they're carrying around those three items, um, or something yeah. else. Like, or that. if they're like, if they have a a boost effect on them, like they glow a little bit more than everyone else, or something. It's just like, oh, okay, clearly they're they have an advantage. <laughs> yeah, there's no clear indicator of like, ah, this there there are some. If you attack some Pokemon in the field, you get a boost, and it has like an orange or purple light circling your feet. Okay. Um. So I think the purple one is like a little defense buff. And then there's like one Pokemon where if you uh, defeat them, you get a shield. You get like a temporary shield. And you can see those. But items, no. I don't think there's a really indicator of you know who's using what items until the end of the match when you look at them. Okay. But it, it, and it's also kind of tough. It's with MOBAs. You got the meta of like the most efficient uh, tactic action. It's an abbreviation for something. Um but yeah, so if you go to items, you can pick a Pokemon and you can go to see what's the recommended item set for them. And it gives you like, you know, recommended item set for healing or attacking or scoring points, whichever your Pokemon type is best at. Yeah. And then it gives you four more recommendations on what the master ranked players are using. Oh, wow. So it's like, ah, this is the number one Mr. Mind player in the world. He's using these items. This is the number one, you know, Slowbro player in the world. She's using these items. Um, so it, rec- it says like it shows you what they're using, so you can just copy them, which is great. It's very convenient, but it does. I think most people are probably using that, so it does like, give leeway to like everyone's fu- everyone's using the same items for the same Pokemon, sort of thing. Yeah, not a lot of experimentation, but uh, still fun. But I, I kind of burning out on it a little bit, but I, I'm keeping my eye on it to see what changes they're making. Like I said, they've already added they've already added Gardevoir and Blissey, and the game came out like. A month ago or something. Yeah. So they're doing pretty well, at least, you know, putting in new stuff. But yeah, some of them just feel real. Ugh. Like Pikachu feels like it. Pikachu and Charizard just feel like the favorites. Yeah. They're, just, they're good in every game just because they're like the mascots. And it's just like whenever you're fighting one of them, it's just like, oh, God damn it. Like, all right, let's fucking go. <laughs> and just a slog. Makes sense. Fingers crossed for that new map, though. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll keep my interest at least a lot more. Because it's, you know, the game is different every time you play it. Every match is different because it's different team members and all that stuff and different enemies. But you're just looking at the same map every single time. Just kind of visually gets dull. That makes sense. So that'll shake it up. Uh, and I think it's on Switch now. And I think it's going to be coming to mobile f- uh, you know, mobile phones in September sometime. And there's going to be cross-play. And I think that's going to get real messy because it's kind of tricky enough to play on the phone as it is or playing on the switch as it is playing it on the phone with less controls. That's yeah. Gonna be tough. Um, one thing I noticed that's a real problem is when you're using some of your abilities to attack, you use like the right joystick on the switch, uh, the right joy con, uh, and that'll kind of direct where your attack is going. That is also tied to what, 
enemy you're targeting. So if you're fighting a group of enemies and you want to target, like, the weaker one instead of just feeding into the tank and just wasting your attacks on, like, the defense character, you can specifically target Pikachu instead of Snorlax. Uh, but you use the right Joy-Con uh, joystick to do that as well. Right. So with some moves like Slowbro, he has a surf move where he can, like, he moves with the ability, so it's good for escaping. Like, a big tidal wave comes and pushes him forward in the direction you're facing, uh, and you can use that to help escape sometimes. And there's a few moves like that. Uh, but if you're running from somebody, and you're directing it to the left, and then there's also enemy teams attacking you, the Joy-Con's going to read it as you're targeting the left character in your you know little wheel of enemy characters to target. Right. Which is bad because there's an auto attack thing. So if you're you're going to automatically attack enemies in your vicinity in your range. So if I'm holding the left Joy-Con or the right Joy-Con to the left trying yeah. to escape and it's locking on Pikachu, as soon as I let go of like the run up, you know, as soon as I move my thumb to a different control, my character's automatically going to turn around to try and attack that Pikachu instead of just doing the ability to get out of there. So that, Interesting. Yeah, there's a few times where I'm running away, and then my character almost gets yanked back because, <laughs> because I accidentally targeted a character with the Joy-Con that is to direct my abilities. Yeah, I feel like that's something they're going to polish. I, I don't know. That's obviously not what they intended, but also that's kind of a hard problem to solve when... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't really know of a good solution because the targeting thing is necessary. Right. Because otherwise you're just going to be feeding into the tank and not doing any real damage instead of taking off a weaker one like a support character. So it's needed, but I don't know. I don't know if there's a great way to swap out like the ability joystick and the you know targeting joystick because the yeah. other joystick's being used for movement. So like I don't know. It's kind of tough. Maybe the D pad. Maybe maybe do that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know of a good solution, but that's definitely a problem I've had where I died a few times because I got yanked back because my guy auto attacked the enemy as I was running away from. Them. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so still fun. It's uh, you know we'll be interested to see what the updates have. I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes more pay to win, and at a certain point, it's just like unless you're willing to spend money on it, you really can't compete. So uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if we get there, considering it's a free game. Like they got to make their money somewhere. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. That's primarily what I've been playing. I okay. also recently got uh, the game uh, Road ninety six. Ooh, we talked about is, that, right? Yeah, it was shown off at E3, and we talked about it a bit like with different trailers that came out. I was saying it looks like a good uh, Life is Strange. Uh, yes. Tell you about that. I like Life is Strange. I like the first Life is Strange. The rest I don't quite care for. Uh, I've said it before. I don't think they planned out... A uh, fucking what's her name? Ashley? Uh, No. Fuck. Uh, Chloe? No. The other, oh, the, oh the, uh, the I know who you're talking about. Rachel. A Rachel. Ra Rachel Amber, yeah. I don't think they planned out Rachel Amber well. They did it for the first game as like a sacrificial pawn and then by doing a yes. prequel they're like shit we have to make a character i'm like why is everyone obsessed with this girl she kind of sucks like she's yeah. not a good character anyway um we're not i'm not here to bitch about like the, <laughs> side, the games i didn't play Fair. um but yeah root uh road 96 is uh after playing it it's kind of more of a telltale game okay it's episodic but it's not released in an episodic format it's not like ah, oh, you get the first episode here and you get the next episode in three months it's all done. It's all out. It's done. It's a finished game. Uh, and you, but you play it. You play it as teenagers trying to escape a country in political turmoil. And every time you do it, it's a different like episode. It's a different teenager you're playing in, sort of thing. So uh, the first one I played as 
it started off on some roadside in like the desert and there's like a big concert rave going on and you find out it's a political fundraising party for this one guy who's running for re-election of the country and it's pretty much a party for his like sponsors and stuff and the people who like donated to his funds and stuff and uh whenever you do stuff you see like oh everything you do has consequences or uh, you see a poster of the goodie you can, you can graffiti it and it's like ah this will have an impact in the story and it's like okay you know kind of teaching you know, like you can't just run around doing chaos yeah watch your ass well you um, can but <laughs> you can but it's gonna bite you in the ass yeah and uh right when you start the game it says like oh what do you feel like when you're on the road trip do you like you know do you like listening to music do you like talking do you like driving in silence uh, if you were in a political, you know, heightened political situation within your country, what would you do? Like vote, rebel, like nothing, you know, lean into the party, lean into the system and stuff like that. Uh, so it asks you questions from the very beginning that kind of sets up the tone for the rest of the game. Or I guess it sets up factors, but I haven't seen them yet. It's not clear cut. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you just play as this character, you run around, you interact with stuff, and you're just trying to get to the border of your country and escape. Because it's very clear that the current president, and who's likely going to win the election, is kind of a pseudo-dictator who's taking control of the country and is doing whatever he w- uh, wants. Right. There's r- rumors that teenagers that are caught trying to flee the border get arrested and are taken to the Iron Pits. And it's Jesus. kind of alluded to it that, yeah. Yeah, it's a very uh, politically heavy game, which I wasn't expecting. I don't I, I don't mind that. I just, you couldn't tell that from the advertisement. and the Oh, trailers. sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I go to, like, this rave sort of thing. I walk around. I don't have much money. Uh, they're like, oh, do you want to steal this guy's backpack? He's sleeping right here. It's like, ah, no, there's probably... I played enough Telltale games to be like, no, there's going to be a consequence for this. I won't touch it. That'll like, yeah, feel like you- real shit later. Yeah. It's like, you need money. It's like, yeah, but I- he's going to, like, hunt me down with a gun or something later. Like, I know enough to, like, plan ahead. Um, there was, like, a little arcade area where you could play the games, which were kind of neat. Yes, this is what caught my eye in the trailer. I'm like, man, that air hockey table. Yeah, so you can play air hockey table against the guy who's just like working there. And then when you turn around, there's a bunch of arcade cabinets, like video games. One of the vid- the only video game you could play on the arcade cabinet was Pong, or Pong, as they wrote it, which is also air hockey. Like, it's just weird that the two <laughs> games there were just both air hockey. That's funny. 3D so like, and 2D. Oh, weird. Yeah, kind of. I was like, oh, weird. You didn't. You didn't change it up at all? Okay. Um, I'll say it's very clear that this is an in, a small indie team. Um, a lot of the models and physical assets of characters are reused very frequently to the point where I saw two women with the exact same bodies, like exact same bodies and outfits in the same area. And the only thing different was their heads models. Right. So I saw some people complaining of like, oh, it really ruins the immersion in this. I was like, it, f- fuck it. it they got a small team here man like i don't bl- i don't know how to make characters i'm sure it's not easy so it definitely is like kind of a bit of a point against them but it's like you will kind of see the same like five people over and over again recycled that's fair at, yeah and at the end of the day it's a 20 dollar game so they're not like yeah yeah i think that's fine it's not a triple a studio yeah uh, one thing that's kind of tough is it kind of pl- like it, it kind of moves like like a playstation one sort of cut scene so like kind of like early ratchet and clank with like characters moving around and talking they feel like kind of weird mannequins yeah it's not polished like i said you can tell it's a small indie team um they're definitely doing something neat here i like the telltale style 
I like that it's not Telltale. It's, you know, someone else is trying this. And uh, they definitely do some interesting stuff with it. There's a lot of mini games. There's a lot of little things that, you know, you only do it once. There's a, a segment where you play music with, like, a trombone. And you have to match the notes with your mouse going up and down, like, on a sliding scale and stuff. And it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. I doubt I'll do that ever again. But, you know, <laughs> another is you're assembling, like, a radio and getting the frequencies right and, like, matching the, you know, hertz to power and stuff. So it's, like, a bunch of little things that are really neat. Um, but, yeah, like, for something that's a lot of dialogue and a lot of, like, interactions with characters, they kind of just feel, like, loose early PC character like mannequins where it's like ooh you're not I can't really tell what you're looking at right now I assume you're talking to me but like it's hard to figure out what's happening right now right um, but yeah so it's a lot of stuff of running around interacting with characters doing this and that deciding a lot of conversation based you know you got a stress meter for the taxi cab driver you got to keep him calm or something will happen so you try and do this it's like okay that calms him down it's like alright I do this it's like oh that actually angered him more and you know this and that um, so it's like pretty fun for the most part, pretty simple. There's, there's not a lot to explore. There's little trinkets here and there. Uh, but it's very clear, like each, each setting, each scenario, each place you're at has like one main thing. And then once you're done, you just move on to the next. Uh, so it's deciding how you do it. Like I won a lot of money in one of the games. I got like 90 bucks. It was great. And they're like, all right, how are you going to get out of here? Are you going to hitchhike for free? Are you going to just walk along the road? Are you going to take the bus for $7? Are you going to take the taxi? Calling them $1. Taking the taxi is $12. So right. it's kind of clear of like, ah, I have to save my money for you know food and travel and all this stuff. I can't just burn it all on the taxi right away. you got to pace it out. Uh, you'll progress further towards the border if you take a bus or a taxi. But Oh, yeah, that makes expensive. sense. Stuff like that. And... It's um, it's kind of tough in some parts because it's not always clear what the answer is. Um, skip right to the end of my scenario. Uh, I was walking around at the border trying to get over, and you heard you hear of a few different ways to get across the border. And uh, I had enough health and money where I was like, "Oh, I might be able to just physically climb the mountains," which is very taxing on your body. But I was at full health, so I would have enough to get through in theory. Yeah. Uh, and then as I was walking around exploring, I found like a bunch of smugglers who were like, hey, we'll sneak you across the border. And I immediately talked to the first lady just to see what her deal is. And she said like, hey, I'm not doing it for free. What do you got? And it's like, I can give you like money. I can give you this credit card I found of someone's on the ground or I can walk away. I was like, oh, maybe I can like say like, hey, I'll pay you with a credit card. And then we'll do that later that night and I'll keep exploring. So I picked that one. I was like, I'll pay you with a credit card. She's like, cool, I'll take that immediately cut to us trying to sneak over the border. I was like, oh, I, no, I, there's still, I didn't, I didn't explore the rest of the camp. Oh, I wanted shit. to see what the rest of my options were. Yeah. So it wasn't clear that it was like, Hey, we're going to be, this is, we'll put rest to the next scene. Yeah. I like, like when games are very obvious where it's like, at this point, uh, this is your last chance to save or something before yeah. moving on. Yeah. So like with the hitchhiking, the taking a cab, taking a bus or, uh, just walking on the road in the first scenario, that was very clear. The closer you walked to, you know, the road, the more that icon, like, lit up. And when you were close to it, it, like, popped up with text being like, hey, you're about to go on the road. Are you sure you want to do this? Yeah. Anytime it was talking with a character, that wasn't clear what would progress the story. So, uh, and back to the woman now smuggling me, I paid her with a credit card. She's like, cool, we'll do that. Cut to us sneaking across the border. She's like, all right, I need my payment. 
I went to go pay her with the credit card. I didn't have the credit card anymore. Like, it, it showed it in the choice option as a like credit card, but it was red, and I didn't have it anymore. Oh, shit. So you and lied I, to her? <laughs> no, because I had the credit card. I never used it for anything else. And as far as I know, I didn't get it stolen or lo- lose it. If I did, that wasn't clear. Yeah, so, so that might have been glitch or something? I'm not sure, because at one point, I, you do get kind of, like, kidnapped, sort of, or, like, tied up by, like, robbers, and they take your money. But then when you help them out, they give you your money back. So I might have lost it with them, but that w- but they gave me all the money back. So I don't know why they wouldn't have given me my credit card back. Well, I so thought it, it was going to be one of those scenarios. It's like, yeah, here's this credit card I found. And then she's like, tries to use it and it doesn't work. It's like, uh. <laughs> That's what I thought because you just find it on the ground somewhere. You don't know whose it is. So I'm just right. like, yeah, it's probably blank like or you know, out of service. Who knows? Um, but I wasn't sure if I lost the credit card between those two where I offered it and where I have to give it. So I was like, well, shit. Like, that's what I mean. I don't know if that was a glitch or not, or if that was like, yeah, you lost the card somewhere. That's part of the story. But either way, it wasn't made clear to me. Interesting. So then when I didn't have the credit card, I had to pay her with the money I had. And I had a lot of money, but I didn't have enough because it's one of those things where like, all right, you have to pay me 50 bucks up front. It's like, cool. Uh, and then you get like halfway. She's like, all right, I need more money. It's like, all right, cool. And then you get to the like very, like you get to the actual board. It's like, all right, I need like $50 more. It's like, I, you drained me dry. It's like, oh, well. And you know, they kind of like fuck you over that way through like forced storytelling. Okay. So like, it it really kind of came to a like crashing mess at the end when I was trying to cross the border because it forced me ahead into a new st- scenario in the story. Uh, I lost the credit card, but I wasn't sure if that's part of the story or not. Uh, because I lost it, I had to spend all the money. But I I. Because I thought I was going to pay her with the credit card, I spent money on other stuff like food and like sleeping somewhere. So like they kind of screwed me over with that with the miscommunication. Um, because I didn't have enough money for the guard. When I get to the guard post, he just calls other guards on me and gets me arrested. And up until this point, there's no real quick time events. It's not like oh you have to jump over this hurdle and like dive under here and escape from like the watchdogs and here and here. But when you're crossing the border because they panicked and they called the guards on you, it became quick time events. So I ran up to like the wall and it's like, oh, you have a 16% chance of like getting over this wall. And I'm like, I don't, is that good? Like I haven't had to do like chances or probability really until now. Right. So like I did it and you get arrested and I get thrown in the iron pits. And that's, Fuck. Episode, that's episode one and I haven't, I haven't started the next section yet. So I'm just like, the last part of it really threw a lot of shit at me that wasn't in the game previously. And I don't know if that's because I avoided it like by my choices or if that's just not an option in the game. Up to this point. Or if you're, if it's episode one and you're supposed to get caught sort of thing. Right. Because it's the first one, no matter what I did, I was going to get caught. That makes, yeah. So I'm not sure because like I said, it's a small indie game. It's entirely possible to just be buggy and glitchy. And it just kind of bugged out at the end there or it wasn't well designed at the end. Or it's like, no, this is a narrative, like illusion of choice sort of thing. Like a lot of Telltale games do. Where it's like, you do this or this. Either way, you're going to get the same result, but just a different way of getting there. So, it's still neat. It's still cool. You get, like, a few cool character moments with some people. But it's all very small... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Vignettes? Uh, very small, like, segments of, like... You go to a trailer park, you hang out with this cool, like, punk girl. She's got a trombone. You have a little moment with her, and then you move on. Like, don't think too much, because you probably won't see those characters again. Or at least not as your character. If you play it again, you play as a different teen. Okay. Run away. So, like, it's it's weird. 
for like one example is I keep seeing posters on like, if you find the stolen military equipment, make sure you call this number for a reward. I was like, cool, that's easy money. I see a cab driver who has that stolen military equipment. I was like, cool, now I just have to get to a phone, and like a pay phone and call them because it's like 90, 1996 in this like fictional country. So yeah. pay phones. Um, so I was like, cool, now that I know where the equipment is, I just have to call that number. Ever uh, Once I got into the cab, I never saw another payphone ever again. So I wasn't hmm. sure if that was just my choices led me down that way or there was never actually a chance for it. Or if I'm supposed to use that meta knowledge for the next character who doesn't know that the cab driver has that military equipment, but I do as the player. So then I call the military on the cab driver next time I play. I'm not sure. Yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Like you said, it's 20 bucks. So it's not a huge, you know, a huge loss if you're not thrilled about it. Um, but I think you can get through the whole first episode within under three hours. And that's the refund policy for Steam. Uh, is you, you have to play a game for less than three hours. Yeah. So I would definitely say if you're curious about it or if it sounds like a fun, if you want like a Telltale game experience, but you know, not by Telltale, uh, definitely check it out. 20 hours or uh, $20. You can play the first section in under three hours. If you don't like it after the first section, you can refund it maybe, but it's an indie studio. So, Maybe don't. Don't, exactly. I agree with that. Uh, it seems up my alley for sure. I'm interested. I'll probably get around to playing it one of these days, but uh, not like uh, I have a lot of games on my backlog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely neat. And like, if you like Life is Strange, you like Telltale, you like these games that have the choices that have consequences later on in the story. Definitely. It's definitely up that alley. But yeah, keep very much in mind. It is an indie, a small indie team because it it's not very well polished. It's kind of janky at times, but like, you know, that's also a bit of a charm to it. So yeah, it's interesting. I'll, I'll keep playing it, but it's definitely like, I can see some complaints about it, but overall it's a neat idea. I, I want it to do well because I want to see what this studio can do with more time and funding and stuff. Cause I think they're definitely onto something. Definitely. Yeah. That's exciting. Very yeah. cool. I'm glad you got around to playing that. Uh, me, unlike you, I'm still just doing all the same uh, shit. Uh, Fall Guys, Pokemon <laughs> yep. Sword, you guys know the deal. But I did today pick up a copy of Mario Golf Super Rush. I've been meaning Ooh. to do this for the longest time. Uh, $50. Uh, did pick it up physically because I do just want to have this beautiful case. Mario looks so cute <laughs> in his little golf clothes. God damn it. But uh, yeah, this game looks so good. I didn't get around to playing it very much. I was like starting off a tutorial and stuff and then like fell asleep. So I was like, all right, I got to get... Uh, some rest and then i'll give this a go i'm probably gonna be streaming this a little bit later on uh, the twitch channel so if you're interested uh stop in for that but man this game has so much to it i remember the trailer was just like instantly selling me all the different game modes battle golf speed golf or all this stuff and the different mario cast of characters i'm very much excited to get into this game and start playing it i know the the way it works, at least when you first uh, start playing the game, is it, if you're l- trying to learn how to play the game, you can play as your me character in like the whole Nintendo universe. But then yeah. if you're trying to play like uh, just like the regular game with friends and stuff, you can log in and do the various Mario characters. But yeah, Charging this Chuck. this game looks so goddamn good. And yeah, who the hell is that? What where did he come from? I don't even <laughs> He's from, recognize uh, him. Super Mario World, like the SNES game. He's uh, like the oh, football wow. player one that would uh, charge you. You know charge you at the uh, end of the level and you'd hop on his head but he's got a helmet so you don't kill him he just is super annoying you kill him with ah. fireballs and stuff he's an old school character he's i was gonna say him. that sounds old school no wonder i might have missed that one <laughs> yeah but that's he's cool there in a ton of new ones because it's he's more of a side-scrolling like enemy 
But that's cool. They're representing even the older uh, cast of characters and stuff. But yeah, yeah, I love me some golf games. I'm very much excited to diving further into this. I know for a while there, I was really into everybody's golf. So I'm hoping <laughs> this is going to be at least mechanically a little bit more easy to follow. Like I know this game uh, boasts like you can like do like spin shots and all these like special yeah. moves. So I'm going to have to wrap my head around how to do that in this game versus everybody's golf. Because that even that had its own little like nuances and stuff. Yeah, this is definitely a more complex Mario Golf game than we've seen before. Uh, from what I've seen, you can put topspin and backspin on the ball. You can put like super backspin or super topspin. Yeah. Uh, the difference is uh, when you're going to putt, you know, you hit like A to start the swing uh, and then like A again to set your power and then you'll swing it. So you have to hit it twice. Yeah. Uh, this is that you hit A to start the swing. If you hit A twice, if you like when you're going to set the power, if you hit A twice, that'll put topspin on it. Okay. If, you hit, if you hit A and then you hit B to set your power, that'll put backspin. If you hit B twice, that'll do like a super backspin. Yeah. So they're interesting ideas that are seen. Once you understand it, it's implemented pretty seamlessly. Like that's and easy enough to understand. Similarly, it's like with the spins, like uh, like you said, uh, like for uh, not like necessarily putting, uh, you don't have to hit A twice. But like when you're just like uh, sending the ball flying, like for the initial shot, you uh, do yeah. this twice. Uh, but that's the neat thing about the adding a spin to your ball is like you hit the initial A and it like is like the power level. And then on the second time, once you hit it before Mario actually hits the ball with the club, if you hit on the left analog stick, like a direction, it'll like then spin the ball in that direction. So like yeah, there's perfect. a lot of fucking little like uh, you're going to have to get used to this game in order to really uh, fine tune your shots and stuff. But again, they also have just like cool different modes and stuff. I'm excited to play with my wife. Uh, multiplayer and everything, but yeah, this game looks super fun. I'm sure I know they took away like the putting part. If you're like, you still putt, you still putt when you're on the green. Yep. But if you're within like a yard of it or like a foot of it, something real short, they pretty much take away everything. And it's just like hit A twice. Yes, like, there's a tap in option. Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I know some people were annoyed by that because it was really funny watching your. I appreciate play. that honestly. It's like <laughs> why why make you like uh on, that's the thing in everybody's golf. I would be like two feet away or not even two feet, less than two feet away from the hole, and it is just like a why can't I just Whiff. tap this in? And yeah, yeah and then I'll accidentally like do a hundred percent on the power bar, <laughs> and it's like what the hell, and it's just gone. It's just like yeah. oh my god. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how you uh how you like the speed golf and the battle golf mode. Yes, because it seems with everyone I've seen playing it or streaming it or reviewing it. It's a real love it or hate it. You either love that mode or it's like this game is chaotic and it's stupid and shouldn't exist in golf. Well, so. and that's why I like that they give you those options. I, I hopefully yeah. will probably just play like the casual mode the most, but like those will just be like fun, like spice it up options. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mario fucking playing golf. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. The The trailer sold me all those many months ago, so glad to get my hands on that. And yeah, if you're interested in seeing some of that gameplay, head over to our Twitch channel. I'll be playing a lot of that. I feel like this is going to be the Fall Guys replacement. Not necessarily, but it's going to be 50-50 <laughs> Fall Guys, 50-50 uh, Mario Golf. I, I don't know if you'll ever find a Fall Guys replacement. No, I don't either. It's just too good. And that's one thing. Okay, I will talk about Fall Guys real briefly. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's this weekend only, so you probably already missed your chance at this. But I think the devs even said, like, if you missed your chance at this, we're going to bring it back for those people. Uh, there's, like, this special event called... Fuck, I forget. It's something like the <laughs> Golden Glitzy. Uh, and I don't know what Glitzy even is. Like, apparently that's, like, slang for hot dog. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, where did that come from? I heard it's like a Washington D.C. sort of thing, 
I've been to Washington. I mean, I haven't lived down there. I haven't like hung out down there, but I've never heard anyone call it a glitzy until yeah. until I was out here on the West Coast and someone's like, "Oh yeah, back east they say this." I was like, "No, do they? No, exactly. they do not." <laughs> so <laughs> the hell are you talking about? The Fall Guys devs thinks it thinks it's a, a good idea to make uh, a golden hot dog outfit, and the only way you can achieve it is if you. Um, meet the certain criteria. So like one of them is like, you have to win a main show. You have to win a squads duo show. You have to win a squad show. And there's like a bunch of other little, just like criteria things like, Oh, get this many experience points. And if you uh, cross all the dots, you get the golden hot dog. I went into this thinking, oh, I'll be able to do this, right? And I haven't made much progress at all. So I'm either going to be streaming that tonight, really just grinding for the golden hot dog. But like the the dev said, like, don't lose sleep if you can't do it in time. <laughs> They're going to give bring this event back in the future. But uh, I think it, it would be cool to see if I can't uh, get it in time. I think I saw one of the Fall Guys streamers I, I regularly watched. Like, they were streaming one, and they, like, named it, like, the Golden Glitzy Speed Run. So they were trying to get it as fast <laughs> as possible. Yeah. it Devs, you can tell everyone you want to be like, hey, don't ruin your lives for this fucking video game. It's just a game. They'll still do it. Oh, the, people already have it instantly. <laughs> yeah, immediately. It's I saw a thing of, you know, Final Fantasy XIV, the biggest MMO of all time, apparently. Like, I feel like I'm the last person I know on the internet who's not playing that game. Because I just, I, I can't lose myself to an MMO. I know if I start, I'll just go in too deep and just, that's all I'll do. Yep. Um. But I saw uh, for Final Fantasy XIV, they're like, oh, for our, like, East Asian servers, we're going to do some downtime. We're going to get some, like, data collection. We're going to be doing some, like, maintenance and this and that and stuff. Uh, basically, like, trying to analyze all the data they've gotten on the players and see how to make it better and what's, like, the highest, like, traffic times for servers and all that. And uh, they did, like, a follow-up tweet saying, like, we're not doing this for the North American servers because we already have too much goddamn data on all you fucking... Like, basically saying, like... Everyone's playing so fucking much. They already have enough data. They don't have to shut it down to gather data. And it's just like, God, people really just live in that game. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm not looking for any MMOs myself. <laughs> but no, um, New World is uh, at least a, one of the ones that has my eye. But again, I'm not it's, playing. It's uh, fucking, computers. Yeah. Oh, that too. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm in the market for a new gaming PC. We'll see if I ever end up getting one before the show ends. <laughs> But we'll uh, we'll we'll see. If you want to, Mark helped me build my last computer, and it worked pretty great. It was pretty high end at the time. Um, it was a lot of fucking problems, though. I took my thing back to like Micro Center like twenty different times. Right, and that's the thing. I'm I'm very much the I have money. Let me just buy it already pre built, yeah. and then. But even in that, I was looking at certain reviews on Best Buy, and people were like, "I bought this." $2,000 machine fresh out of the box that they built for me and it doesn't work. I'm like, well, yeah, it, it makes me nervous that people that are building those for like Best Buy don't fucking know what they're doing. And it's like, cool. Let me put yeah. all these hardware pieces together that actually don't mesh. It's, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with like a car. Like you can get it more optimized and cheaper if you do it all yourself. But that requires you know what all that shit is. Yeah. If you don't know what it is, and yeah, I just bought my last one. Yeah, it was like $2,000 or something. I just paid it out. It's been working great. The only complaint I have is it's got that RGB light system that I can't turn off. Yes. I don't need. So so many of them just have that built-in design, and I'm like, I don't care about that whatsoever. And in fact, if anything, almost all of the ones I've been looking at all have fan systems. And I'm like, I would love a liquid cooling because I just don't want it to sound like a goddamn jet engine. (laughs) 
Uh, I'll say depending on the system you get, depending on the computer, like my computer has the fan system. It's quiet. It's so quiet. Okay. Well, that's um, good. Then again, I'm in a studio apartment and I got the refrigerator blaring out next to me. So maybe I just can't hear the fans. Um, there are some pre-built computers that have co- liquid cooling, I'm sure. But they're definitely going to be much more expensive because of that. And you could definitely do it on your own. The benefit of having the pre-built thing is, A, you don't need to know how everything works and you know it saves you time and stuff and all that energy. Um, the main benefit for me is, if there is ever a problem with this pre-built computer, the specs are already there. I can just go to the page where I bought it and it has all the specs and I go, these are the specs. As opposed to me keeping all the receipts and figuring out which pe- like which every individual piece of the computer is. Because yeah. I don't remember any of those. Um, so for like the one me and Mark built, there was a th- problem with like my uh, the cooling element on my computer. And the guy's like, oh yeah, this uses like prongs. This part of the machine hasn't used prongs in years. It's just a really weird, outdated one. We might be able to get it to work, but it's a real crapshoot. And I was like, ah, fuck. So like elements like that where like individual stuff is more likely to go wrong but it's easier to replace um i you know i'm sure there are plenty of people who are like never buy pre-built but fuck it if you got the money you don't want to you're you're paying for the effort so right yeah, go for it. it it all has that information in one place and if it doesn't work it's all someone else's fault so exactly return it <laughs> get a new one and yep it's like the joy-con drift like yeah it's broken but you know i i you know, I might lose the switch for a week while they're repairing it, but they're going to be repairing it for free because someone fucked up on their end. Right. As as opposed to a PC you built, if you fuck up, that's on you. Totally. So, it's a little more extra insurance. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's something on the horizon here. We'll see if that uh, takes place. But, uh, that's also all I've really been playing these days. I do got to get more into Mario Golf, but uh, let's see if there's anything going on in the show topics before wrapping this one up. Oh. Anything going on? Uh, you talked about before, um, I forget his name, the guy from Jet Set Radio, the main character. Oh, Beat. Beat. Uh, he was announced to be in Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania, the new Super Monkey Ball game coming out. Yes. Apparently. Uh, they introduced a new character. Apparently this is now Super Smash Brothers because they just have weird cameo characters. Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> uh, so they're, they introduced uh, Kiryu from Yakuza in no Super way. Monkey Ball. Oh, and I'm looking at the picture right now. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, because he's a Yakuza member. And he's got a big head. He's in like a suit. And it's just really funny seeing a chibi Kiryu in like just a little plastic ball like rolling around. It's funny. He's Yakuza pissed off cool. looking. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I only played Yakuza 0. I don't think that's a franchise I'm going to fall into and play all of them. But with Yakuza 0 is like the origin point for all of them. And then uh, Yakuza... Kawami are kind of remasters of like one, two, and I think three is now. Yeah. Now. So if you want to get in Yakuza, there's there's the best time to because they're remastering all the old ones, and apparently they're all tied together. Um, but yeah, it's funny seeing Yak- uh, Kiryu in it because he's this, he's a very good natured person despite being Yakuza, but he's just this solemn, like quiet man. But then Yakuza is also silly where you can do karaoke and RC racing, and you're doing all these weird little mini games. So, it's also appropriate for Kiryu, but it's it's all Sega too. So it's all Sega characters, but it's it's just funny to see. Yeah, absolutely, I love it. I, I'm glad Super Monkey Balls is like fuck it. We're gonna have fun with this. Yeah, why not? It's a game about little monkeys rolling around on the track. Like it, it's do fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Go nuts. Um, what else is there? Uh, Skyrim. They're fucking doing it again. 
Fuck PS- it. Why? PS5, Xbox Series X and S are getting Skyrim ports yep. with fishing. You can fish in Skyrim now. I don't care actually. Like and I'm the guy <laughs> wow, that's all about wow. like fishing in mini games and any game. Dude, like I'm so fishing. excited. They they've literally broken us. I think there was like <laughs> one of these memes where like it's like a very common meme format where it's like these women fighting and in the background there's like this man like smoking a bong or whatever. And like the yeah, text over the women it. fighting was uh oh, people being mad at uh Rockstar for stretching Grand Theft Auto five from PS three to PS five. And then it's like in the background is like that Skyrim. dude smoking the bong and it's like Bethesda planning Skyrim for <laughs> PS seven. It's like no shit. Like yeah. what the fuck? Like I hate Bethesda, like <laughs> just fuck off already. They should have been working on the uh, the Elder Scrolls Six. I'm sure they claim they no. are, but like that should have been something for PS5, like a day one launch title to get everyone hyped up on the system. Or and actually, no, Bethesda was bought by Xbox, so we know there's yeah. going to be no more PlayStation uh, Elder Scrolls <laughs> ever again. So uh, yeah. fuck that that whole noise. Like why? <laughs> like it is at this point. It, it was honestly a meme five years ago, and they're still yeah. doing it. So. <laughs> Hey, Doug, we played Skyrim in high school. Yeah, no. That I, was over a decade ago. That's disturbing. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm both on board with you, because it's just like, fucking, really? Like, come on. And it's like, yeah, what else are they going to do? But if it keeps making them money, like, why wouldn't they? If that's I get, just easy uh, money. Yeah. I understand why they're doing it. I'm more upset with the people who keep buying it, because I've seen people be like, Am I really going to buy Skyrim for a fifth time? I'm like, you shouldn't have bought Skyrim for a second time. You should buy the game once. Like, why do you buy it on every console in every generation? Like, why do you encourage this behavior from companies? Because they wouldn't do it if it didn't work. Right. So, it's going to work again. People are going to try and mod it again. And, you know, we're going to get a lot of video compilations of people just fishing in Skyrim. Because they're like, isn't this great? It's like, no. You paid $360 for the same game. Every two years. That's not good. No. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, what else is going on? Good news. Probably just for me. I don't know anyone else who's still keeping track of it. Adventure Time's getting a spinoff series. So. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. It's way after the series has already ended. And they're still doing, like, miniseries on HBO Max. I think they have one more miniseries coming out. Um, but, yeah, they announced, they're like, hey, remember that time we made Fiona and Cake, the gender-bent versions of Finn and Jake? Now let's get in a full series. So Wow. I'm a board. I fucking love Adventure Time. I still love it. It's still Hell one of yeah. the best shows I've ever seen. So but anyone who wants more of that, there you go. That's nice. Uh, Pokemon did a big uh direct sort of thing, big presentation showing off all their new projects and stuff. Um so that's where some of the Pokemon Unite news came from. Uh where they introduced Blissey and stuff. They got Pokemon Cafe remix coming out. It was like the Pokemon Cafe is like the mobile game they have, which is really just moving around a bunch of little Pokemon tokens around and matching them. It's like a match three, but you're not restricted to a grid. So it's like a thousand percent easier than match three games. So I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing, but I guess it's popular enough to remaster it. Yeah. Make it. Um, but the big things they were announcing were uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, the remasters for Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. So they're showcasing that stuff a bit. Um, as well as Pokemon Legends are Ar- oh god this name Arceus yeah the Jesus Pokemon that is the creator of all the Pokemon universe that you can capture in a chi- tiny ball yeah um, but Pokemon Legends is like 
the ancient version of Pokemon, where it's like ancient, like feudal Japan sort of era of Pokemon, where you can play as Cinequil, Rowlet, or Ocelot as your starters from different generations. Mm-hmm. So they're showcasing that a lot because we haven't seen a, a ton about it yet so far, and they're showcasing gameplay. It's not just turn-based battles. It's more of like Kingdom Hearts, kind of like later Final Fantasies open battles where like you're actually fighting the Pokemon like in real time and not turn-based. And some of the more agile Pokemon. It, it's like the it's like the Final Fantasy where you have the meter and when the meter builds up, that's when you can do an action. And some people's meters build up faster than others so they can get in multiple actions before you know slower characters. Yeah. So it looks like it's kind of going into that sort of combat style, which is a big branch from the rest of Pokemon. Uh, a big deviation from that. Um, but it's neat. Some people are kind of complaining about the graphics of like, look at everything Breath of the Wild can do. And then look at this game. And it's kind of like sad in comparison. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they've got the same technology. I don't know if Game Freak has the same resources or not. They're definitely making enough money, but you know, who knows how much they're funneling back into the game productions of it. Um, but they also showed off new variants because it's like ancient Japan sort of. They have different variants of Pokemon like they do with a lot of the recent Pokemon games. So they got like a evolved form of um, oh god, what's the deer Pokemon? I know no one cares about this who's listening. Yeah, um, shit. Stantler. <laughs> so everyone's favorite from Gen 2, that weird beaked deer. Uh, <laughs> the thing's ugly as hell uh, but it's got like a new form where it's got bigger antlers and like a white f- uh, coat and stuff um, Hyceon which is like the region Hyceon Bravery which is like the America bird where it's like red white and blue eagle um, it's kind of funny seeing that get a localized regional variation because it's just very Americanized um, Hyceon Growlithe who is just very fluffy and has taken the internet by storm. I see everyone drawing Hyacian uh, Growlithe because it's just a big old fluffy dog. And I think it's going to evolve into like a lion dog or lion guardian sort of Growlithe. Like those big Chinese lion dog statues we've, we've seen. Or, or I think that'll be an Arcanine rather. Sorry, Arcanine will be like that. So that'll be cool to see. And uh, the one I mostly want to talk about was Bask... Fucking Pokemon names, man. When do they get so hard to read? <laughs> uh, I can't even find a pronunciation on this thing. Baskalion? Uh, Baskalion? Yeah, oh, that seems right. Sure. Yeah, let's go with that. It's a fish from like Gen 7 that I didn't play. Uh, so we'll just go with that. Um, it's basically just this big like Barracuda looking asshole from Pokemon. The localized region for this is it's like a, it's like a spirit of the dead fish. Like the lore for it is like all the other fish in its school of fish died and empowered this one single fish with the power of like a hundred dead fish or something. And it's like Chiron, the ferryman between like the world of the living and dead, but as a Pokemon. Fi- and it's like one of those like, God, every time they got like a ghost Pokemon, they just make it super fucking weird. And this is the new one. And it's yep. fucking so weird. I love it. Like it's a cool design. and It's really fitting for the uh, setting. But just, like, the, like, in-game lore reason for it. Yeah, the background. Yeah, like, there's one Pokemon where it's, like, a ghost tree sort of thing. And it's like, oh, this Pokemon is formed by, like, children who get lost in the woods and die. And then their spirits, like, uh, possess a nearby tree where its body was found. It's like, okay, cool. 
and then you capture it in a <laughs> tiny ball and enslave it. They're like, yeah. It's like, okay. Like, it's just so weird. God damn it. Yeah, so I just love I love ghost Pokemon lore because it's always so morbid. It's, I mean, how is it not morbid when it's a ghost? But it's just always funny to me. That is. Uh, but yeah, Pokemon Legions looks like a cool open world deviation that people were hoping for. It you know doesn't seem perfect. Seems like people still have plenty of complaints about it, but this might be an interesting way to see a new new line of Pokemon games going. Nice. Exciting. And then I guess the last thing I'll uh, end the episode on is Elon Musk says Tesla will release humanoid robots next year. Like, <sighs> we need that. Yeah, and they're... Dude, the funniest thing about it is that they Tesla had to like make a statement that these these humanoid bots will only be five foot eight inches, weigh approximately one hundred and twenty five pounds, so that for anybody that's afraid of them can run away from it and most likely overpower it. Five foot eight inches is about the average height, like of humans in the world. Like that's not small. I was going to say, there's probably plenty of shorter people that probably still would be terrified of these things. And anybody buying this is just uh, contributing to the the robot uprising. Well, he's also like, oh, we need to support universal basic income because labor jobs in the future will be uh, outsourced to robots and like, you know, automation like this. It's like, hey, want to go away to avoid outsourcing jobs to robots? Don't build the fucking yeah, not robots, Elon. Exactly. And <laughs> these things seem like the most uh, needless things ever. It's like, why would you want one of these? It's like, oh, you know, to take the groceries from your car to the inside of your house. Or it might be able to uh, tighten a nut or something with a wrench. It's like, cool. I, I could do that myself. <laughs> I think this is definitely more for, like, industrial work rather than personal. Rather okay. Rather than, like, Rosie the robot made from the Jetsons. I don't uh, know. I think, we'll see. I, We'll see. I mean, who knows? It might, you know, it might be Tesla. Fucking, you get an automated car that can drive itself. You could do that. You could purchase that yourself. It's a lot of but the same technology, believe it or not. It's weird. I do believe it, and I do not trust it. Elon yeah, Musk exactly. is a sociopath. <laughs> He's like the worst case Lex Luthor we could have ever gotten. His oh, dad God. made his fortune from running an emerald mine in apartheid South Africa. All Elon's doing is now taking. <laughs> Taking the unethical element and just turning the workers into robots. But can you imagine at the beginning of this podcast saying to yourself, like, uh, oh, yeah, seven years later down the road, uh, we're going to have humanoid robots. I mean, we still see stuff, you know, Mega Man 20, you know, XX of like the super, you know, it's the year 2020. We got flying cars. And, you know, so we still see old media that does that. And just like it's. If anyone's seen the movie on Netflix, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, A, it's a very good movie. It's very entertaining, very colorful, funny. Um, it's that like they look exactly like the robots from that movie that God damn it. take over the world. So it's not even a joke of like, haha, but what if? It's like, no, it will. Do you I don't trust Elon Musk. I was gonna say, has he seen a robot? I don't know. With Will Smith specifically? I mean, is that the one you want to read? <laughs> All right, this episode's over. There's some good moments, but like, (laughs) but either way, Elon Musk can't be trusted to name his own child. Let alone, Jesus, yeah, what the hell did he? Yeah, it's not even pronounceable. Anyway, no, it's not. Let's wrap this one up and do some plugs. Thanks for listening, listener. Uh, Bren, where can our listeners find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at abtsbrendan. I really don't use it much. Don't recommend it. Twitter sucks in general, but. You can find me on another podcast for anime, where we watch three episodes of an anime or a movie, give it a recap, give our opinions on it. It's a good sampler platter of anime if you want to see if you'd be interested, listen to the episode, and then dig into the anime yourself. Or if you just want to hear shit all over an anime like we did with Future Diary, 
that show's garbage. Damn. But it's like hot garbage where it's like, this is hilarious to watch. It's so bad. That's fair. Yeah, laugh along with that, listener. And if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, specifically twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, where you can find me streaming a lot of Fall Guys, uh, coming up, uh, some Mario Golf, all that kind of stuff. And I have a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com if you want to see what vinyl and cassettes are available for sale over there. And the band that does our intro and outro music is a band called Kinda Alright. Head over to KindaAllright.Bandcamp.com for more music from them. But that's going to do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. See you guys next time. Bye! See you.